Hello and welcome to another episode of the YXC Sports Podcast for the week of March the 1st. Yes, it is hard to believe that we have made it to March. We have made it out of the majority of the deep freeze in Saskatchewan, although if you look outside uh, today, you'll notice that it is snowing. It's snowing quite a bit and those snowflakes are quite large, but the days are getting longer, so that's something to be happy about. It is March. Better days are ahead. Big thanks to everybody uh, for tuning in watching live on the Wendell Clark's Classic Grill and Bar Facebook page, the YXC Sports Podcast Facebook page. Of course, we are on YouTube. And for everybody that is listening to the audio version of this podcast, we're back. We took a week off. Everybody else was taking a week off last week, so I can't be outdone. So I thought that I would take the week off too. Um, And this week, we're back with a couple of great guests, but uh, talking university hockey this week. Both the men's and the women's are going to be joined by Ray Morrison, who, of course, is the men's play-by-play man for men's hockey for the Huskies, and Daniela Ponticelli, who is the voice of the Husky women's hockey team. Uh, one of you guys is going to be traveling this week, or <laughs> next week, I guess, and the other one isn't. Uh, of course, the men's uh, team, Ray, lost an absolute heartbreaker. It came down to the third and final game on Sunday at Merlis Belcher Place. It was a great atmosphere all weekend long. And uh, unfortunately, the men just couldn't get it done. Well, we'll, we'll start with you, Ray. Why don't you just give us a, a quick debrief of uh, the three-game series that was this past weekend? Well, it's interesting. You know, in game uh, two, the Huskies come back and they they win that one. And they get some good goaltending from Roddy Ross after losing the opener. So game three goes on Sunday night. And what happens is they... Uh, kind of fall behind by two. Vince Loschiavo scores to tie it at two, and then they get a go-ahead goal, but then Tim Vanstone scored an absolute highlight real goal, and I can't remember how much was left, uh, maybe about uh, uh, five or six minutes left to go in the third period to tie it, and then big Max Patterson, number 33, a big body, fourth-line guy, centerman. Uh, he was in front of net and tipped in the winner with about 3.30 or four minutes to go, and that was that was the difference makers. Calgary won it. Um, the other interesting story is the fact that Mark Howell, the head coach of the Calgary Dinos, actually played for Mike Babcock at Red Deer College in 89-90 and 90-91. So, uh, you know, that reunion was kind of neat. But, um, you know, you do have to be happy for this Calgary team because one of the things that Mark Howell wants to do is not see just two teams Alberta and Saskatchewan win Canada West titles. In the last 24 years, it's either been Alberta 17 times or Saskatchewan 17 times or seven times, pardon me, for the Huskies that have won the Canada West title. So, you know, he's working really hard with that group. And, you know, you take a look at Saskatoon's Caden Elder. You take a look at Tim Banstone. You take a look at some of the players that are on that Calgary team. They're a little bit younger, but, you know, they're, they're, I, I think that they can give Alberta a good battle in the Canada West semifinal. Daniela, you were in Winnipeg this past weekend, a big win for the women's team. So you get to head to Calgary next week or this upcoming (laughs) weekend, I guess, uh, as they face off against Mount Royal. But uh, that was a two-game sweep in Winnipeg. What did you see out of the women this past weekend? I finally saw a team that clicked, that figured it out, where to go, what to do. It was really something. And I think what's most impressive is knowing that the team in all four meetings against Manitoba they lost in the regular season. And that could be really demoralizing, including uh, a way to close the regular season. We were in Winnipeg for that. So then to come back two weeks later uh, and one of their really strong players, Kara Kondrat, she was injured in a boarding injury at that very barn. And she was there. She wasn't 
too thrilled to be back in Winnipeg <laughs> two weeks after her injury, unable to play. She had played through all 20 regular season games. But with that, though, there was a sort of energy and intensity with the team. You could tell Friday night they were just focused, relaxed. They were, well, focused and relaxed at the same time, if you know what I mean. So mm-hmm. going into it, though, it was just aggressive forechecking throughout throughout everything. I mean, this team has been out shooting their opponents most of especially the second half of the season. But this weekend, we finally saw it in action. Very little time in the defensive zone. All the pressure over on the other end. And I think the Bisons just ran out of <laughs> ran out of ways to make something happen because they kept having to defend over and over. So overall, a really strong, solid effort. And now with this MRU team, that's going to be something else. The last time we faced them, both one nothing shutout losses for the Huskies, but that was before the Christmas break. And honestly, there's been a transition point, whether the team wants to admit it or not. But after the Christmas break is when we just saw them finally start to get it, finally start to mesh as a team and then go on a five-game win streak. Well, yeah, it, yeah. it was interesting, Maddie. Uh, Danielle, I did get to spend some time with Steve Cook today. We recorded the coaches' show. And, Matt, I don't know if you noticed on social media, but Daniela posted about the final 20 or 25 seconds <laughs> yeah. of game two with that celebration, and it was terrific stuff. And Steve said, you know what was equally as good as Daniela's footage was – the six players, the black aces across the ice, because they were so happy to see the 20 that were picked to play in game two, get the job done. And, and that scene was uh, equally as incredible. So the neat thing about it, I think, is they're just that that team is just they're all pulling the rope in the same direction. And as Daniela said, you know, they took such pride in goals against before Christmas, but that meant two and a half and three minute stints behind their own blue line. Right. So they had yeah. to gain a little confidence and kind of spring a couple players loose and kind of believe that that great play behind the blue line could take place in the neutral zone and then eventually in the other team's end and it's finally happened which is great well and those, i would uh, like to mention too that ray i know we talked just before the weekend and i had predicted that if they could at least score in that first that friday night game that yep. they would that they would go that they would do really well if not win at all and that's exactly what happened as soon as they got that first goal on the board especially being first friday night i knew there's going to be a change in the dynamic, a change in the storyline, because the Friday nights in both regular season series were shutout losses for the Huskies against the Bison. Well, especially when you're on the road too, right, Daniela, like the Huskies were in Winnipeg. Uh, and a big reason uh, for that Friday night victory was Abby Shirley. Of course, she had a hat trick. What did you make of her performance, uh, not only on Friday, but uh, really all weekend? It was so nice to see Abby Shirley finally get her moment to shine. Uh, it's one of those things all season long. Uh, players will have their moments, but no one really got on a roll the same way. Although we did see shades of it with Bailey Barras's hat trick, uh, not a, not even a month ago against the Grant McEwen Griffins. But with Abby Shirley, there was just this leadership and this intensity. And one thing that was even as equally as impressive as the hat tricks was the amount of body saves she made. She was out there making sure nothing was going to get even close to Cam Dreaver. Uh, her calves, I should have asked to see them after the, after the <laughs> game because she took quite a few pucks in there. So it's one of those things where, you know, it's so impressive as, as someone just watching the game to see that finally the offensive um, pressure that she's been putting on herself throughout the season is finally coming through with great outcomes, but also to see that leadership on the defensive side and seeing how hard she went at it. And, you know, you catch little glimpses of it. You catch it in when there's the video uh, meetings with the teams and certain players, I'm going to 
say Abby Shirley in this instance, always having follow-up questions, always having an intensity and a desire to learn more about the game. And finally, that pays off in playoffs. It's exactly when you want it to. You touched on the Huskies goaltending, the women's goaltending, right, Cam Reaver? She had that 18-save shutout in Game 2. Obviously, she didn't face a ton of work, but she still stopped everything she saw. And she's been real fantastic all year. So how important is the goaltending going to have to be this weekend against MRU? Well, I just got chills that you asked me that question because I was just looking at the goaltending stats. And Mount Royal has two of the best in fact, one, number one and two in Canada West in terms of qualified goaltenders. You have Caitlin Ross and, of course, Zoe de Beauville. And I know that we faced Zoe de Beauville in Calgary the last time. I believe she uh, net-minded both games, but I'll have to triple check on that. Either way, you're coming across a very defensive-minded team, and that's where the Husky strength is. So let's hope that after the scoring opportunities and potential that we saw this past weekend, that that momentum will carry on because traditionally over the course of the season, anyhow, uh, the Huskies have been fairly low scoring, which is why their leading point score of the regular season, Bailey Barassa had 11 points only coming into it. Hey, defense wins championships, right? Yep. That's the, uh, that's the mantra anyways. Uh, Ray for the men, it was kind of the opposite as the women. It just seemed like for whatever reason, uh, they not necessarily couldn't get on the same page, but uh, maybe a little inconsistent kind of at certain points yeah. throughout the regular season. And then obviously for the weekend, uh, inconsistence as well. You lose that game on Friday. You yep. have a 4 nothing shutout win on Saturday, and then you lose on Sunday. But a big reason for that uh, inconsistency very well uh, could have been between the pipes. Well, there is that. I just don't think that this goaltending situation kind of settled down in time as Mike Babcock and Brandon Cote would like for sure. I mean, they would have really liked to known who their two guys were and not bring a guy in at Christmas, but they did bring in Jordan Coy, terrific young person, just one of my favorite people on this team. And of course, he was kind of thrown to the wolves uh, to start the new year in Regina. The support around him wasn't there, but going into the Friday night, he was probably the most confident goaltender between him and Roddy Ross and, you know, whoever else might be around on the roster. But then Friday, Saturday, they turn to Roddy Ross, they get the shutout, but then Sunday, it just doesn't go the Huskies' way. So I know that's one thing that they'd like to settle down. And the other thing too, Matt, if you think about this, you think about um, Connor Hobbs, you think about Wyatt Johnson, and you think about Gordy Ballhorn. Coaches will never use this as an excuse, but I honestly believe that if those three players – could have put in 20 games in the regular season healthy, that this team is in one of the final two, top two spots, right? So then they get to buy to the semifinal. And I think that had a lot to do with it. And when Hobbs came out for game two, he was really excited that he was able to play, but you could tell that uh, he was still neighboring, laboring a little bit with a lower body injury. So that, that does, that does take a toll, right? So now the focus turns to uh, scouting and uh, just make sure that the roster is is deep for, you know, for next season, learning what you learned in in this campaign. Well, that's what I thought one of the things that was interesting too, that, you know, Coach Mike Babcock said, I think it was after the game three lost, he said that their depth really got tested in the playoffs and yeah. it got exposed a little bit because they didn't have that depth that you would like to have. Um, and I thought it was interesting in those post-game comments, Ray, on one hand, Babcock said, you know, the focus now is recruiting, getting ready for next year. Uh, but then he also said he has to talk to his wife and his family to see if this is something that uh, he's going to do next year. So uh, what do you think uh, Coach Babcock's decision is going to be as we look forward to next year? 
Boy, I don't know. You know what? I, I, you know, early, I probably would have thought that he, it would be one and done. But I, I honestly, you know, being around the team a little more as the season went on, right? So you're kind of with the team on the bus and you're kind of hanging out with him a little bit more. He, he, at every turn, he says he really enjoys working with his son, Michael, who is in for two years. So, boy, it's, you know, it's 50-50 in my mind as to whether or not Mike Babcock uh, returns next season or not. But I do know, you know, one of the things that uh, happened on a trip to Lloydminster was, um, you know, Mike uh, obviously has friends and family all over. And if I'm not mistaken, his wife's family's in Lloydminster. So, you know, he ducked in there and said hello to a few people on a road trip that we had to to Edmonton. I, I think the family dynamic is really kind of cool for him right now. I think he really uh, enjoys that. But keep in mind, he's also got two daughters in the United States, right? So yeah. um, it's, it's if I don't know if I'm going to play some bets on that one it could go it really could go either way and i mean you think about a coach with his resume too i mean when the nhl offseason rolls around you don't know what's what's going to be put in front of him but having said that uh with with the deal he had with the toronto maple leafs it's <laughs> it would have to be a great offer but i i really don't have any sense of uh of what mike is thinking for for next season but you're right he did talk a lot about scouting and there's no reason why he can't help out the University of Saskatchewan mm-hmm. with his network of contacts while he's doing something else, right? So it's, uh, it's, uh, it's a tough one to call. I want to uh, go back to that Winnipeg series one more time, Daniela, because, and you can speak to this, and I'm not going to steal your thunder here, but uh, there was some history made in terms of uh, who was calling the game, obviously, uh, for the road broadcasts and the home broadcasts. Uh, both playoff games on Friday were called by women, obviously yourself, and then a female broadcaster in Winnipeg. Um, how cool was it to be a part of that? And how cool has it been to, to just be a part of this the whole season? I, I mean, I'm, I'm at a loss for words, honestly, when I think about it, because it's, you go into this, I didn't know that that was, that had, that hadn't been done. And then uh, it gets pointed out by other people and the significance of it seems it's, it's, it's a very strange feeling to think, wow, we, we just made history in 2022 on something like this, but it's exciting and it's great. Uh, it was really nice to meet uh, everyone in Winnipeg and to talk with, with everyone. So it's, it's good to start to feel something building. And uh, you know, you said, how cool is it? It's pretty cool, but really it's, 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 um, it's very humbling and also an honor to be part of it in, in some way. So yes, we made history of course, is the first ever, uh, in Canada West, obviously men's and women's <laughs> sports to have both home and away broadcast um, done in the regular season and then the same with playoffs. So that's pretty exciting. Of course, this is the YXE Sports Podcast for Wendell Clark's Classic Grill and Bar as we are not at Wendell's, but they're still the same great sponsor and they still have the same great food as they always have. You can head on down. You can watch the Toronto Maple Leafs speed up on whoever on a Saturday night. You can watch the Toronto Maple Leafs speed <laughs> up on whoever on a Wednesday night or choke like they almost did last night, but whatever. I'm not going to get into that. Uh, of course, it, court, Wendell Clark's Classic Grill and Bar is on the corner of Circle and Idlewild. Uh, Ray, you can maybe speak to this a little bit more than Daniela. Obviously, everybody knows the Husky fan app. Um, now that the men's season is over, obviously the women's season is still going on. But uh, what's kind of, you know, for more or less off-season content, uh, you know, what can kind of Husky fan listeners expect for off-season content when we get there? 
Well, Daniela has agreed to put up seven stories per week until the women's team is done. So that's kind of cool on her part. And then after, no. too, right? Yeah. <laughs> no, no. One of the things I mean, we are I don't to... need to sleep. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> what a, her boss must be a real jerk. Um, <laughs> one, of the, one of the things about this, Maddie, that we're going to be doing is we're going to be uh, focusing on the alumni a lot. And we'll definitely have at least one sort of feature on an alumni person per week, maybe even two. And so we'll be reaching out to a lot of the alumni in a video format, actually quite similar to this one, to be totally honest with you. And I'm really looking forward to that. So uh, our good friend, uh, our mutual friend, Matt Ian Roach, uh, is going to give us a hand with that. And we will uh, be reaching out. But I mean, you you take a look at what these student athletes do in their off season, whether it's, you know, the football team training. Uh, May 5th, it's going to be the dog's breakfast. They're going to be revisiting the great uh, 2007 Grey Cup win that the Riders had over the Bombers. There'll be content like that that we'll we'll talk about. I'll never forget that 2007 Grey Cup. Uh, Gene Makowski, former U of S Husky, just walking down the sidelines. And of course, the players were just so happy that they won. But Gene was always a very understated guy. He just looked at me across the field and pumped his fist. And I'll never forget that moment, right? So, so there'll be a lot of storytelling now that uh, now that the play-by-play is going to take a uh, a hiatus on the men's hockey side, and the football's been done for a while now since December. So there will still be some some great feature content, a lot of interviews that will be uh, that we will be doing on the on the app and uh, on the website as well. Of course, you guys can both speak uh, to this next comment, but uh, I've been the football analyst for the past three seasons. Obviously, this was the first past year doing it with you, Ray, and that was a big honor for me. Um, but for the student athletes, right there, you know, if, if the parents are a couple provinces away, obviously they they can't get to the game in person. So the next best thing they have is listening online, listening on the radio. You know, Daniela, we'll start with you, but uh, what has the feedback been like from some parents uh, that that you've experienced this year? Would you like me to go? To yeah, or yeah, <laughs> yeah. Just some of the feedback that uh, I think. That... I think I'm just getting a bit of a delay here. That's oh. okay. Um, on, honestly, the the feedback I've gotten so far has has been positive. I mean, a lot of the parents I see at the game. So of course, yeah. those games they're not <laughs> necessarily listening to the broadcast live. But I do know some folks who, on the drive home, will listen back, especially if they know when their child scored a goal <laughs> or yeah. something like that. And, but even just to get a sense sometimes of an outside perspective of a game, right. When, you know, if you're watching it live and you have all those emotions and then sometimes just reliving that um, I did have one parent who uh, was very sweet and had said that uh, they were trying to sync up the radio call with the, with the TV broadcast. So I thought that was neat. <laughs> of course, we're always yeah. a little bit behind. So uh Regardless, it's just having the conversation and having that access. I know Bailey Barassa mentioned to me that one of her good friends who lives uh, near, I believe, near Hudson Bay in Saskatchewan, um, at, was surprised to hear the call, to hear the this game on the radio. But they were able to pick up a radio feed, right? One of the Patterson Radio Network stations. So it's it's just even having that access, especially when it comes to women's hockey and that dedicated commitment that really does go the extra mile. And it's so great to see that because I know that a lot of teams don't get that, right? They don't get that mm-hmm. dedicated support um, on the women's side. So that part, I, I do take very seriously my work, but it's also very rewarding to hear that there are folks that have been able to make something good out of it. 
You know, it was funny, Matt. Uh, Gordy Ballhorn did color for me when he was injured. Right. Uh, one day yep. we were on the road in Alberta, and he he uh, he came and did color with me. And the night was done, and all of a sudden I had a new follower on Twitter. It was Rob Ballhorn. I said, "Gordy, is that your daddy?" He said, oh, absolutely. He was all over that. So you know, it is it's it's kind of neat. Uh, you know, Dad critiquing son on his analytical work on the radio and on the app and on the website. That uh, that's good. So you know, it it really has been it really has been terrific. We have to thank all of our sponsors. If you go to huskyfan.ca yep. and you see our sponsors there, that's been great. And of course, uh, Melius Terra, Ian has helped uh, Daniela and Katie and me post uh, some roundtable discussions about hockey and football at times too. So uh, Ian and Deb have been a big help in this as well. So it's um, you know it's it's been terrific. You think about how far we've come since September. Yep. Uh, mm-hmm. I think I counted Daniela. We might be fifty-five broadcasts in counting men's hockey, women's hockey, and football already, with at least two more to go. So yeah, we're um, it's 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 exciting for sure. Well, and one of the things that I loved doing, obviously, that didn't get the opportunity to this year, but is to travel with the team, right? That was always yeah. something that I looked forward to. So, uh, you know, we'll kind of leave it at this. But uh, Ray and Daniela, why don't you both kind of just hop in with uh, kind of your favorite stories from the road uh, from this past season? Go ahead, Daniela. Honestly, it's just been a blast to get to know these women and just the dynamic, of course, of the team and so many stories that I'm sure I don't have enough time <laughs> to yeah. discuss. But Steve Cook is a hilarious man. Um, yep. If you've ever had a chance to spend time with him, uh, like little pranks, little jokes. Uh, I It's just it's something else. And like this past weekend, the women um, after their game two in the video room with the big projector, they watched a movie. I mean, I'm an old lady. I fell asleep. So that is what it is. But uh, it's just like those, those moments are really, really fun. And even just trying to make your way to the to the bathroom in the back of the bus and you have to crawl <laughs> over everyone's makeshift beds that they've yeah. created. It's really something they all have. They have their, their big company. Have you ever seen those? They're called, Oh gosh, I think they're just called comfies or whatever, but they're just massive oversized sweaters. Mm-hmm. And so they, they look like big pillows walking into the store. It's <laughs> it's hysterical, but they're just, overall, they're very dedicated. Like I'll never forget the first trip to Calgary. I was expecting this rambunctious crowd. No, they had finals. So nobody was talking. It was like you could hear a pin drop, but everyone was in their books. A couple of the players actually had to write their finals on the bus so they're just a very dedicated crew. So it's a little bit of fun, but a lot of dedication. They take yeah. everything quite seriously when it comes down to it. Ray, how about you? Well, you've never experienced anything until you've traveled with Cord Ivanko. Yeah, that's true. It's men's yeah. hockey bus. So I've uh, I've seen enough of Cord uh, in semi stages of dress. So <laughs> I'm I'm good for a while. You know, the neat moment for me, you guys, was uh so when the Husky football team beat Montreal and that scene alone was phenomenal. Yeah. Those fans, those caravan fans are five thousand, loud up, singing, dancing, all game, just loud. You couldn't believe how loud that stadium was. But the Huskies survived that, so we go up to Quebec City. I had never spent any time in Quebec City at all, and Brian Towers reached out to me, and he said, well, look, Ray, let's let's go for a walk. Brian Towers, uh, the only coach to lead this football team to a Venue Cup championship, uh, you know, when he offers that, you jump, right? So I went, and just to walk through the streets of Quebec City, you know, four days before the Vanier Cup game, just talking about football and life with the Canadian Football Hall of Famer. Uh, it was it was terrific. We reminisced about my first time in the Sky Dome was in 1990, and that's when Brian Towers 
led the Huskies to a win over St. Mary's in the Vanier Cup. That was my first time ever in that building. Uh, a lot of my uh, peers, it was 89, the Grey Cup, but for me, it was 90, the Vanier Cup. Uh, so, uh, you know, and never having seen Quebec City before, just the, the, you know, the scenery and the infrastructure and the buildings, just, just so nice. So for me, uh, time with BT, just walking the streets of Quebec City would probably be, would probably be the highlight so far. No, super cool for sure. Uh, Daniela, of course, like we said, the Huskies women's team travels to Calgary this week to face the Mount Royal Cougars. Uh, where can you listen into the game? Of course, huskyfan.ca and the Husky Fan app. And if you are having difficulty finding where to click or what to do, feel free to reach out to me. I have a little instructional tutorial video that I've sent to few <laughs> folks. Um, just because there's a certain button, you have to go and find it. It's not that complicated. Just go and explore the site. But if you did need a hand, I'm, I'm here to help. Um, so that's where you find it. And the games are 8 p.m. SAS time, Friday, Saturday, and then 7 p.m. if there's a game three Sunday. It's just something to watch for. So there you go. We wish you all the best. Uh, and the Huskies women's team, all the best. Uh, Daniela in Calgary against Mount Royal for the Canada West semifinal. Uh, Daniela Ponticelli, Ray Morrison, thank you both so much for joining me as this wraps up this weekend's episode of the YXE Sports Podcast. We're planning to be back again next week. So until then, stay safe.